listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Well, Jonas Knox is getting uh, a fond farewell to the, well, let's say it's an upgrade. Three hours, <laughs> 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time every day. There's gonna, there may be legal issues with the name of the show. But that will be between my attorneys and all. But I'll say it one last time here is we're the pros and he's the Joe in L.A. Always good to be here, RJ. And it's always been good to be here the past three years. And on a day in which we start looking ahead to week three in the NFL coming up on Thursday night. And we've got some concerns at quarterback for several teams around the league. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Let's start with the Bears because the market is reacting in a... uh, Suspicious way? Confusing. Confusing? Yeah, but listen. Stupid. Well, but listen, here, here's, the, here's how you can know someone is square. And I'm not, Rattler, I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying in general, is if they seem to get angry at the bookies when they have bad numbers. Faz, I, I know you, you want to encourage it, right? I love bad numbers. So I, I think stupid means opportunity, potentially, but let's look at the details. Yeah, and that's the uh, Chicago Bears who made the announcement earlier today that Justin Fields will be the starter. Andy Dalton suffering a knee injury last Sunday in the Bears' win against the Cincinnati Bengals. So it'll be Justin Fields, his first ever career start, and it's the Bears on the road at the Browns, where right now Cleveland is a seven-point favorite on pregame.com. Oftentimes, Vegas, the conversations are not much different than in a typical diner. Who's better? Right, that's what here it's really going to be. Who is better, Justin Fields today or Andy Dalton, assuming health, obviously, in this case. So, Fez, you've got your QB power ratings. What is the or uh, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton comparison? I have them dead equal, RJ. But what's interesting, I do see a differentiation. If I'm a favorite, if the Bears are favored, I want Dalton as my quarterback. But if they're a dog, I want Fields because I love what Fields could potentially do if I'm down double digits in the fourth quarter. Okay, so I I get your point. And this is a subtle one because oftentimes we think who's better, but who's better in a given situation? And why would Andy Dalton be better with the lead or as a favor? Because all you need is parity from him. You just need what you expect. And if you can get what's expected, you win. Right? If you're a big underdog, do you want what's expected? No, because what's expected is losing. So you want to have high variance, right? which is maybe it could be horrible or maybe it could be good. I, most people, fans, teams, whatever, if they're a 10-point dog, if you told them 100% or 90% chance you're going to lose by three, so you've done a little bit better than expected, or 50% chance you win, 50% chance you lose by 50. We're all taking the 50% chance to lose by 50 because it means we can win 50% of the time. And to me, <laughs> Justin Fields is that guy that can lose by 50. But in theory, and I, I got to say it's theory right now, and McKenzie's got some numbers on Justin Fields, I think he could have a higher upside. AJ, same question to you. Yeah, certainly the the higher higher ceiling, lower floor guy, Justin Fields. And I, I agree with Fez that if if you're not expected to win, he's the guy to go with. But I think long term, he's the answer. I just think right now, it's well, not, you, it's not a better positive. be the answer. Uh, yeah, but I think Andy Dalton is a, a much better player right now than he is. So, so you have him significantly better right Pro- now. Probably a point and a half, and that's based on what I saw of Justin Fields on on Sunday. It was dreadful. Okay, now 
it's a different environment when you come in a game and you weren't expected to start. Some some players mm. benefit from that. Some don't. It matters how much the defense can scheme against you. My thought would be Fields would actually not benefit from being the known quarterback because you're going to be able to attack him, I think, in specific ways as a defense. But So, Steve, you saying Fields and Andy Dalton are even is really pretty high on Fields. Yeah, I, well, I, I've I mean, got... No, I don't think anyone's saying Fields is better right now. You know, it's so interesting. the fact you say they're tied... I, well, remember, we have an ongoing bet where I said Andy Dalton wasn't going to get 100 <laughs> pass attempts yes. this year. So I guess I, I have Dalton lower than most people because right. of that. So yes. let's look at some numbers, then we'll get Jonas's thought. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. All right, what numbers are important here when it comes to performance so far from Fields versus Dalton? McKenzie. Well, if you just look at week two, it was night and day. Dalton had an 81 QBR, elite, top-of-the-league type number. Fields, 4.4 QBR. <laughs> 4.4? Is that yards per attempt? <laughs> no, that wouldn't be good for yards per attempt either. 4.4 QBR. So, so last year, who was the worst QBR? That would be Sam Darnold. Let me get his number right oh, now. Oh, obviously. But because <laughs> if, I, if I remember, it was like in the 30s, right? Yeah, high 30s. Yeah, so we'll get that in a second. But... If you think about it, four. Wow, 33, Sam Darnold. Last 33. Year. So yeah. last year, the very worst was 33. Mm, about 10% of that or so. <laughs> now, it's one game. It's one game. But where's the counterpoint? Where is the Justin Fields is better example? I would say this. Maybe it doesn't matter. If you believe this is going to prep Fields, you accept that pain now. You got to, he's got to learn at some point. Go ahead. At the, at the point that you decide to break in Justin Fields as your quarterback of the future, though, aren't you kind of punting on this season? Yeah, and it I, seems I agree early with for that. I agree happen. with that for sure. Jonas, your thoughts? Uh, Andy Dalton's a better quarterback right now. When it comes to last week, I, I've heard a lot of people say, people that are a lot smarter than I am when it comes to looking at offenses and schemes, that have said they were trying to have Justin Fields play Andy Dalton's playbook. Like it, There was no adjustment. They didn't really factor in, we've got a different guy there. He was trying to operate an Andy Dalton offense, and that's what led to some of his struggles. I don't know how much of a difference that makes, but I do think maybe Fields is a little bit better than we saw last week. Doesn't Andy Dalton strike you as a guy who's got a pretty simple playbook? This isn't a guy who's going to be out there doing Patrick Mahomes things. It's a lot of simple offense, check down. I mean, he's a safe quarterback. That seems like an ideal playbook for a rookie. First of all, I think to some degree the whole check down thing is getting cliched. I'm not, and again, I don't know enough to know. Here's what I'll say. Andy Dalton, in week one specifically, when he played the full game, he got rid of the ball very quickly. Uh, That's something Big Ben's doing. That's something Tua does. You have to do when you have a poor offensive line. So Fields is renowned for holding the ball. Some remember the preseason, he had a couple games that were pretty good, but like the plays that he held the ball more than three and a half seconds, it was like great. The rest, it wasn't. Well, you don't get to hold the ball like that only a tiny percentage of the time in the regular season. So I would say this I'm not sure there is an offense you can really run that with a poor offensive line if a guy doesn't get rid of the ball quick. And I don't think Justin Fields is capable of that. As we explore, remember, there was talk beginning of last season, last college football season, that Justin Fields would be competitive with the great Trevor Lawrence. Oh, 
the great Trevor Lawrence, he might be competitive as a number one pick. That was a multiple segments on Get Up and shows like that. Okay, he ended up going 11th. What happened? By all accounts, I think there's a mm, red herring out there, a distraction, which was Olaski was talking about his work ethic. And then what happened was it became a little political. It's like, oh, is Orlowski implying that the black quarterback's lazy? And it became a big cause celeb, it seems like, for people to say, Justin Fields works extra hard. He works. I don't know how hard he works, but I know it distracted from the real reason he didn't get drafted as highly as some expected, which was he didn't process through his reads very quickly. It's just the time it took. And that's not about intelligence, like getting a college degree. Fez, for example, is a card counter. And his ability to count a deck is so much better than mine. I've never done it, but I see him do it. And I'm like, I, can't, I couldn't do it that fast. Steve is a quick thinker. Boom, boom, boom. Now, I think quicker than most, but I'm not at that 1%. Now, depth of thinking, I'm hoping I do some good things there. I don't know. Steve, what would you say? I think that that's very accurate. We talk about slow thinking versus you know d- deep thought. And I think you're way better at the deep thinking. Like You would be a better chess master than I would, but I might be a better speed chess player. Well, I think you certainly would be a better speed <laughs> I don't know about the other one, but that's Steve Fezzik. And what I would say is that's generally true. Now, which one is more important? Well, it matters what you're doing. I can't spell worth a lick. I mean, literally, I cannot. There's a fifth graders that can spell better than me. Literally, L U T. That's pretty good. I'm a sight reader, though, so I can read very fast. I just don't know how to pronounce a lot of words, as you guys know. And, I, and I, so I struggle with some. And sometimes, you know, I struggle with spelling. You know what? If we were in a world that spelling was the most important thing, I'd be considered dumb. Imagine that. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, so you were supposed to go, no way, how could that be? <laughs> I just keep thinking of minimal. Yeah. <laughs> the word minimal is, the t- minimal, is your kryptonite, go. right? No, minimal, minimal, minimal. <laughs> Listen, it's easy. Now, once I learn it, I learn it. I learn it. Now, but here's the thing. I mean, I don't say anything about... Um, what was that gymnast name that I got way wrong? Oh, Simon some, Bowles. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a little mistake there. A little mistake. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest hits. All right. But we're not critiquing Justin Fields' intellect. We're saying he doesn't process, at least the scouts say, as quickly as, as he needs to. We'll see if that develops. But right now it hasn't. And the Bears have a bad offensive line. And case in point, so the Bears are nursing a 10-point lead. There's only four minutes to play. The game's over. They're going to beat the Bengals week wow. one. It looked like it. It's take three knees, and you're going to probably win. And he throws one of the worst interceptions you're ever going to see. So... Clearly, he's not ready in terms of a football IQ situational perspective to start in the NFL. That one mistake you just cannot make as a starting quarterback. Luckily, my minus two and a half still covered. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Where do you got Carolina in your power rankings? I have Carolina 16th, right in the middle. So you think they're an average team right now? I yes, because they're sixteenth. I have a, I'm one point better than an average team. Just so they're better than average. Yes. So who's fifteenth? Who's seventeenth? Fifteenth, the Chargers. All right, hold on, Chargers, Carolina, neutral is pretty much a pick'em. Yes, that's crazy. Boy, I'm taking Chargers to the mm. bank. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the market would agree with you. Seventeenth, Tennessee. Oh, who's eighteenth? Eighteenth, Minnesota. I take Minnesota over Carolina right now. Well, I don't know. I think there's trouble in the locker room in Minnesota. Okay, so. 
Our bets are that is Willie and he don't have 100 passes. If he has 100, I win. If he doesn't, Steve wins. And we had 300 on that. Yes. And then it's going to be Sam Darnold versus Andy Dalton. And the reason we use passer rating instead of QBR is no minimum. QBR has a high minimum that's required. And you see how minimum is no problem for me? (laughs) And... Uh, I I mean, listen. Do you like you liked it when you bet? Would you? I'm not going to bet you. Maybe. But would you lay two to one on this bet now? The the, the passer rating. One? Oh yes, I would. I mean, I'm confused. They played the Jets, who are maybe the worst. Them and Jacksonville are the two worst teams, and I think te- Detroit's better than either of them myself. And then they beat who? Oh, a, a Saints team that was like so tired they were sleeping during the game. <laughs> I mean, what's their big win? I mean, that Saints win is super impressive. Come on. But, but did it look like it was the Saints or was it Carolina? It looked like the Saints were completely um, Jet no, nomad. Exactly. Practicing in Texas, no home. I, what do you think? I mean, really, your power ratings are not supposed to be about performance up to this point. It's supposed to be projection. Like, for example, Minnesota's not last because they're 0-2. So, do you you really believe come end of the year, Carolina is going to be above average team? I do, but you know what? The market disagrees with it because there's a season win number on Carolina right now. They're two and zero. Let's talk about that. So, what was their season win before the uh, season started? Seven and a half. Okay, they've won two games. Yes. So now it's five and a half more wins to go to reach the old one. Now they were slight un- they were slight favorite in one game and slight underdog in the other. So really, they were about. 50, so they were about. Uh, they should have won one game. That's right. And right. They won two. So they're plus one game right now. Thus, if Carolina is upgraded, they their win total would be right around six and a half, right? Because they got an extra win. Eight and a half. Oh, because it was seven and a half. Yeah, eight yeah. and a half. So eight and a half would be their win total if there's no adjustment in the market assessment of Carolina, just the two wins. You agree with that? Yes. What's, what's the uh, win total? It's eight and a half. Vig to the over, but it's still eight and a half. How much? How much Vig? Minus 140. All right, so it's 20 cents out of 50. So it's like 40% toward. So they're giving a fourth of a half a win. Minor an adjustment. An eighth of a win, yes. they're saying. So, but you've adjusted them how much? I bumped them up two points. What? Two points? So that's 30. That's a whole win. Yes. Okay. So you're saying you think Carolina's one win better on the season than you did entering the season, and the market's saying they're an eighth of a win better. Exactly right. And I'm with the market. You are. I thought you'd like to be with the market. You can't always be within the market. Yeah, but you can just replace me with the market. You're right. But here's the question. What is it about Carolina that makes you think, this is the time I'm going to buck the market? <laughs> it's like if you go to sleep every night at 11, but you hear Godfather is going to have a, they're going to have three in a row run on the late night TV. That makes sense, maybe. You want to, you know, or rich man, poor man, as some would say. But what is it about Carolina that makes you break your rules? A big part is C-Mac looks like he's fully back to being the best running back in the league. He looks spectacular. And you thought coming in he was going to be what? Well, there's a lot of uncertainty off the injury. I mean, look at Barkley and the Giants. He looks, you know, look at Zeke. You know, these guys look like they're, they're not making a difference at all. That's Steve Fezzik. What was the win total preseason for Carolina? Seven and a half. And how many games did Carolina win last year when McCaffrey was out the whole season? Five. So wasn't that built into it? Some of it, yes. Well, here's the thing about running backs, and and this is a a very advanced concept. We're straight out of Vegas. Most teams run too much. 
if you look at the optimal way to play, Buffalo, let's give them credit, and Kansas City tend to be playing optimally, which is go for a bunch of fourths, try to get turnovers on defense, don't worry about being sound, look to make big plays on D, and pass a bunch. Don't run a bunch. Go for it on fourth. That's it. Think about it. That's what the best teams do, or the more modern teams. Right? Think about that Baltimore game. I mean, I used to get on Fez a lot about he em- emphasized game decisions too much. I'm like, it's a little marginal factor. It's a little marginal factor. I think it's become bigger than that. You look at Baltimore, a lot of old school t- I mean, Tomlin's punting on that fourth down. <laughs> he right? punts down nine. But what I'm yes. saying is he's punting on that fourth down. Every time. And – they say that the expected uh, win share or, or win percentage there um, was 20% difference if you punted. It was like a drag. It was like, you know, whatever it was, it was so much better going for it. Yes. Like 20%. It's a big deal these days. It's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. Okay. So we were talking, backing up a second, we were talking about Carolina. We were talking about going against the market and then. I, then we were talking about the modern way to play football. I had one more talk. You, you, well, McCaffrey, oh, what I love it, about it. him that's it. is he's not just a running back. He's like a Dalvin Cook or yeah, a Kamara. He's too. a receiver, yeah, too. I agree. But the point I was going to make, most teams don't run or run too much. And what happens when a team has a bell cow back like that that does carry the ball a lot, they tend to have to feed it to him. It's almost like the Zeke Elliott thing. Hey, we paid him. And in a way, yes, if you're going to run, having C-Mac is better than not having him. But if you don't have him and you pass more, it tends to even out. It's a great point. So when you get cluster injuries at running back sometimes, and San Francisco has that this week, maybe that's good because now they're going to have they're going to throw the ball more. Well, if you have Jimmy G a quarterback, it changes everything. <laughs> this is complicated. Uh, dealer's choice, Jonas. Any of the topics? Closing thought. Where does Carolina rank right now? Are there odds on making the playoffs right now? Because we always hear about 2-0 teams, 2-0 teams. They start out 2-0, they got an advantage. How, does, how much does the extra game factor into how we evaluate that this season? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar. Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We got a renewed contract. Jonas had a huge part to do with that. Personally, I think he sounds too good, and that makes me sound... I think AJ is going to work great, because he sounds like a professional radio guy, but not quite as good. You know, with the, the tenor of the voice, you know, just the perfection. The guy that... Like, we'll drink a gallon of water before the show just to make sure his vocal cords are well lubricated. You don't worry about those no. guys. No. No, exactly. So I think this is going to work out. 
anything you want to say, say it. But I think thanking me personally would be a good idea, but it's up to you. Well, I just want to <laughs> say uh, thank you guys, and, and I appreciate you letting me be a part of it. I know ah. in, in this space, there's a lot of people out there who pretend they know it about sports gambling and sports betting. They try and talk the lingo, especially with how popular it is. And I always try to take the approach that – I don't know a damn thing. I'm bad at sports betting, but I love it. I think it's fascinating. I, I like the stories, the angles, the approaches. I think all of that stuff is interesting. And I just tried to show respect to people that have actually been in the business, that have been around the business for as long as you guys have, and really tried to soak up as much knowledge as I could get. It didn't help me at all because I would still make bad bets, not on, on your behalf, but because I'm terrible at it. But I was able to sit back and get to see sort of how the meal was prepped, uh, what went into the ingredients, why you guys think the way that you do, and I think that's the most fascinating part of this show. So, so I'm I'm grateful for you guys letting me hang out and be a part of it. Well, I think what's amazing is our best bets probably in the three years are like crazy <laughs> high. Like we we had a good you know 56, 57 percent probably. I mean, I'm just guessing, but. I mean, I had streaks. Fez won, what, 15 in a row at one point was it? How many was it? The Alliance of American Football, 11 straight. Yeah, yeah. and then you had another run that was like 16 14 of 18. 14 yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, listen, it, it's been a real good pick in a couple of year, or three years, and somehow Jonas, I don't think, has made any money from it. <laughs> like, he's, he's not, it'd be like, how'd you do this week? You lost. It's like, wait, we went 4-0. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say one of my favorite uh, stories, which just goes to show you that uh, there are different priorities for different people, was the pandemic hits. The country gets shut down. It's March 2020. And people are, are terrified. They're, they're getting in fist fights over one-ply toilet paper. Uh, they're, they're scrambling to try and pick up sanitizer. They're doing whatever they can. Everybody's got a mask. I mean, nobody knows what the hell to do. It's the weirdest time in the history of this country. People are binge-watching Tiger King. They have no idea. There's no sports on. And Steve Fezzik is upset because they also shut the XFL down, and he was making a killing on the XFL. So while the country was shut down, Fezzik was pissed the XFL was gone because he was murdering the XFL with his bets throughout the course of the show. So I remember that fondly. Well, and then it followed up with him having 19 separate bets on the draft. That is true. <laughs> I mean, it's that like, it's true. Remember, we were talking about high variance. Only thing we can bet on. He's like, I might have to get a job if I don't win a bunch of bets right now. And he bet 19, and you went like, what was it? You like 16 and three or something? Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, listen, let's be clear. The goal is to win 55%. We've had a good run. There's good streaks. But you're going to win one extra game every 20. That's all you can do. And if anyone tells you more than that, they're lying to you. We're straight out of Vegas. Fez, I know you've been particularly appreciative. On the rare days I've missed, you you and Jonas have had a a good synergy, and, and you wanted to speak to that. Yeah, I'm a sports betting guy. That's how I make a living making bets. I am not a radio guy, and I want to let Jonas and RJ, I want to let you know how grateful I am to both of you in terms of the the time both of you have spent. And when RJ's out, I am so nervous before a show starts, the rare shows that you're out, RJ. And Jonas has been so patient and spent so much extra time prepping for those shows. Thank you, Jonas Knox. You are the best. Well, there you go. Thanks, That's pretty heartfelt. Now, yeah. I will say, this, this goes against Jonas, but we got to tell the truth here. One show I was out, I listened to, <laughs> and I told Fez, you know, you're self-involved. You know, we all are to some degree. <laughs> think about what the audience wants to hear. You know, it's not about you. It's about the audience. 
first thing of the show. He goes, Jonas, before we get started, um, I know you went to Hawaii once. I just came back from Hawaii. Waikiki or the rest of the island? <laughs> so he starts this like rich 1%. Like, which part of Hawaii do you vacation at to start the show? It will never be better than that. Fez, you've got a best bet. I do. So Sunday, NFL, I'm going to Atlanta Falcons plus three at the New York Giants. You look at these two teams, you know what? The Giants may be just a smidge better, tiny better, but very comparable teams at three for home field. Well, three for home field. Exactly. So we'd make the Giants minus three would well, make wh- sense. Why would they be three? I thought two and a half is home there field There you now. go. It, it, and there's a mistake the odds makers made. They added too much for home field. They're still adding three for home field. I don't see any reason to give the Giants more than two for home field in this game. And given that, there is no way the Giants should be laying three in this game. I like the Falcons plus the three. It was two and a half in the summer. It was two and a half with the look ahead. It was two and a half at the World Open. This is late. You know, in this week, the line going up. So, hmm. Now, do we know for sure they're adding three or do you just think the Giants are slightly better? I, th- I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. Right? I'm not sure which one it is, but I can tell you there's no evidence. I I do have the Giants a half point better, but I don't think the Giants even have a two and a half home field. But here's the here's the thing, though. Wouldn't you say Atlanta against Philly is one of the worst games of the season so far? Yes, they got crushed, mismatch on the on the lines. And I know they were sort of competitive against Tampa, but you just don't know how much of that. I, I, Giants yeah. terrible against Denver, though. Yeah, they were terrible against a Denver team that's been dominant in both games, and then they looked really good against Washington. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I think the Giants are an open question to how good they are. I agree with that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 